Welcome to Sleepy Head Stories today. We love to read books, be silly, and play. Me and my mommy are here every week to read you great stories that all are unique. Join us at bedtime, or bath time, or breakfast. We promise it's better than a trip to the dentist. Welcome to Sleepyhead Stories. Hello guys, we're back. We are here to read you part two of the tale of Little Pig Robinson. And Okay, she's just going to say hello. Go ahead, say hello. Hello! <laughs> we are... Um, I read the whole book to Conchetta, and when I record, since it's such a long one, um, I'm recording without her because we want to make sure we get through that whole book because it is a long one. But yeah, we're going to start part two today, guys. It's a good one. Uh, Little Pig Robinson finally makes his way to the town of Stymouth and to market, and it's crazy busy, and he's not used to it. But um, you'll have to listen to find the story, the rest of the story out. And we will be finishing the tale of Little Pig Robinson next week in a new episode. Actually, I think I might release it before Halloween because then we might be reading a special Halloween book. So parents, look out for part three sometime around uh, Wednesday. I will release part three and then on Halloween we're going to be reading a special book. So... Anyway, guys, let's get started, shall we? After these words. Chapter 3 The walk to Stymouth was a long one, in spite of going by the fields. But the footpath ran downhill all the way, and Robinson was merry. He sang his little song for joy of the morning, and he chuckled, Wee, wee, wee! Larks were singing, too, high overhead. And higher still, high up against the blue sky, the great white gulls sailed in wide circles. Their hoarse cries came softened back to the earth from a great way above. Important rooks and lively jackdaws strutted about the meadow amongst the daisies and the buttercups. Lambs skipped and bad, the sheep looked round at Robinson. Mind yourself and stymeth, little pig, said a motherly oo. Robinson trotted on until he was out of breath and very hot. He had crossed five big fields and ever so many styles. Styles with steps, ladder styles, styles of wooden posts. Some of them were very awkward with a heavy basket. The farm of Piggery Porkham was no longer in sight when he looked back. In the distance before him, beyond the farmlands and cliffs, never any nearer, the dark blue sea rose like a wall. Robinson sat down to rest beside the hedge in a sheltered sunny spot. Yellow pussy willow catkins were in flower above his head. There were primroses in hundreds on the bank and a warm smell of moss and grass and steaming moist red earth. If I eat my dinner now, I shall not have to carry it. Wee, 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 said Robinson. The walk made him so hungry, he would have liked to eat an egg as well as the jam sandwiches, but he had been too well brought up. It would spoil the two dozen, said Robinson. 
He picked up a bunch of primroses and tied them up with a bit of darning wool that Aunt Dorcas had given him from a pattern. I will sell them in the market for my very own self and buy sweeties with my pennies. How many pennies have I got? said Robinson, feeling in his pocket. One from Aunt Dorcas and one from Aunt Porcus and one for my primroses for my very own self. Oh, wee, wee, wee. There is somebody trotting along the road. Hmm, I shall be late for market. Robinson jumped up and pushed his basket through a very narrow stile where the footpath crossed into the public road. He saw a man on a horseback. Old Mr. Pepperell came up riding a chestnut horse with white legs and two tall greyhound dogs ran before him. They looked through the bars of the gates and into the field that they passed. They came bounding up to Robinson, very large and friendly. They licked his face and asked what he had gotten in his basket. Mr. Pepperell called them. Here, pirate. Here, postboy. Come here, sir. He did not wish to be answerable for the eggs. <laughs> the road had been recently covered with sharp new flints. Mr. Pepperell walked the chestnut horse on a grass edge and talked to Robinson. He was a jolly old gentleman, very affable, with a red face and white whiskers. All the green fields and red plowed land between Stymouth and Piggery Porkum belonged to him. Hello, hello, and where are you off to, little pig Robinson? Please, Mr. Pepperell, sir, I'm going to market. Wee, 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 said Robinson. What? All by yourself? Where are Miss Dorcas and Miss Porcus? Not ill, I trust. Robinson explained about the narrow styles. Dear, dear, too fat, too fat. Hmm. So you are going all alone? Why don't your aunts keep a dog to run your errands? Robinson answered all Mr. Pepperell's questions very sensibly and prettily. He showed much intelligence and quite a good knowledge of vegetables for one so young. He trotted along almost under the horse, looking up at its shiny chestnut coat and the broad white girth and Mr. Pepperell's gaiters and brown leather boots. Mr. Pepperell was pleased with Robinson. He gave him another penny, and at the end of the flints he gathered up the reins and touched the horse with his heel. Well, good day, little pig. Kind regards to your aunts. Mind yourself in Stymouth. He whistled for his dogs and trotted away. Robinson continued to walk along the road. He passed by an orchard where seven thin, dirty pigs were grumbling. Hmm. They had no silver rings in their noses. He crossed Stifford Bridge without stopping to look over the par parapet at the little fishes swimming head upstream, balanced in a sluggish current, or the white ducks that dabbled among the floating masses of water crow's foot. At Stymouth Mill, he called to leave a message from Aunt Dorcas to the miller about meal. The miller's wife gave him an apple. At the house beyond the mill, there is a big dog that barks. But 
The big dog, Gypsy, only smiled and wagged his tail at Robinson. Several carts and gigs overtook him. First, two old farmers who screwed themselves round to stare at Robinson. They had two geese, a sack of potatoes, and some cabbages sitting on the back seat of their gig. Then an old woman passed in a donkey cart with seven hens and long pink bundles of rhubarb that had been grown in straw under apple barrels. Then with a rattle and a jingle of cans came Robinson's cousin, little Tom Pig, driving a strawberry roan pony in a milk float. He might have offered Robinson a lift, only he happened to be going in the opposite direction. In fact, the strawberry roan pony was running away. Oh, this little pig went to market, shouted little Tom Pig gaily, as he rattled out of sight in a cloud of dust, leaving Robinson standing in the road. Robinson walked along the road, and presently he came to another stile in the opposite hedge where the footpath followed the fields again. Robinson got his blanket through the stile. For the first time, he felt some apprehension. In this field, there were cows. Big, sleek, Devon cattle, dark red like their native soil. The leader of the herd was a vicious old cow with brass balls screwed on to the tips of her horns. She stared disagreeably at Robinson. He sidled across the meadow and got out through the farther side of the stile as quickly as he could. Here, the new trodden footpath followed round the edge of a crop of the young green wheat. Some let off a gun with a bang that made Robinson jump and he cracked one of Aunt Dorcas's eggs in the basket. A cloud of rooks and jackdaws rose, caw cawing and scolding from the wheat. Other sounds mingled with their cries. Noises of the town of Stymouth that began to come in sight through the elm trees that bordered the fields. Distant noises from the station, whistling of an engine, the bumps of tracks shunting, noise of workshops, the hum of, dis of a distant town, the hooter of a steamer entering the harbor. High overhead came the hoarse cry of the gulls and the squabbling calling of rooks, old and young, in their rookery up in the elms. Robinson left the fields for the last time and joined a steam of country people on foot and in carts, all going to Stymouth Market. Okay, we're going to do chapter four now. So... Robinson had a pretty exciting trip to, to the town of Stymouth and he came across different people and different people passing him in carts and all kinds of sounds and things going on and it just gets more and more exciting the closer he gets to town. So now in chapter four, Robinson is actually in the town of Stymouth. Chapter four. Stymouth is a pretty little town situated at the mouth of the river Pigsty, whose sluggish waters slide gently into a bay sheltered by high red headlands. The town itself seems to be sliding downhill in a basin of hills, all slipping seaward into Stymouth Harbor, which is surrounded by quays and the outer breakwater. 
The outskirts of the town are untidy, as is frequently the case with seaports. A staggling suburb on the western approach is inhabited principally by goats and persons who deal in old iron, rags, tarred rope, and fishing nets. There are rope walks and washing that flap on the waggled lines above the banks of stony shingle, littered with seaweed, whelk shells, and dead crabs, very different from Aunt Porcus's clotheslines over the clean green grass. And there are marine stores that sell spyglasses and sewesters and onions, and there are smells and curious high sheds shaped like shanty boxes where they hang up herring nets to dry and loud talking inside dirty houses. It seemed a likely place to meet a pant technician. Robinson kept in the middle of the road. Somebody in a public house shouted at him through the window, Come in, fat pig! Robinson took to his heels. The town of Stymouth itself is clean, pleasant, picturesque, and well-behaved, always excepting the harbor. But it is extremely steep downhill. If Robinson had started one of Aunt Dorcas's eggs rolling at the top of High Street, it would have rolled all the way down to the bottom, only it would have gotten broken certainly against a doorstep or underfoot. There were crowds in the street as it was market day. Indeed, it was a difficult walk. About without being pushed off the pavement, every old woman that Robinson met seemed to have a basket as big as his own. In the roadway there were fish barrows, apple barrows, stalls with crockery and hardware, cocks and hens riding in pony carts, donkeys with panniers and farmers with wagon loads of hay. And there was a constant string of coal carts coming up from the docks. To a country-bred pig, the noise was confusing and fearful. Robinson kept his head very credibly uh, until he got into Four Street, where a drover's dog was trying to turn three bullocks into a yard, assisting by Stumpy and half the other dogs of the town. Robinson and two other little pigs with baskets of asparagus bolted down an alley and hid in a doorway until the noise of the bellowing and barking had passed. When Robinson took courage to come out again into Fourth Street, he decided to follow close behind the tail of a donkey who was carrying panniers piled high with a string of broccoli. There was no difficulty in guessing which road led to market, but after all these delays, it was not surprising that the church clock struck eleven. Although it had been open since ten, there were still plenty of customers buying and wanting to buy in the market hall. It was a large, airy, light, cheerful, covered-in-place with glass in the roof. It was crowded, but safe and pleasant, compared with the jostling and racket outside in the cobble-paved streets. At all events, there was no risk of being run over. There was a loud hum of voices. Market folk cried with their wares. Customers elbowed and pushed round the stalls. 
Dairy produce, vegetables, fish, and shellfish were displayed upon the flat boards on trestles. Robinson had found a standing place at one end of a stall where Nanny Nettie Goat was selling periwinkles. Winkle, winkle, wink, 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 ma, bleated Nanny. Winkles were the only thing that she offered for sale. She felt no jealousy of Robinson's eggs and primroses. She knew nothing about cauliflowers. He had the sense to keep them in his basket under the table. He stood on an empty box, quite proud and bold, behind the trestle table, and he sang, Eggs new laid, freshly new laid eggs. Who will come and buy my eggs and daffodils? I will, sure, said a large brown dog with a stumpy tail. I'll buy a dozen. My Miss Rose has sent me to market on purpose to buy eggs and butter. I am so sorry I have no butter, Mr. Stumpy, but I have beautiful cauliflowers, said Robinson, lifting up the basket after a cautious glance round at Nanny Nettie Goat, who might have tried to nibble them. She was busy measuring periwinkles in a pewter mug for a duck customer in a Tamio shanter cap. They are lovely brown eggs, except one got cracked. I think that white pussy cat at the opposite stall is selling butter. They are beautiful cauliflowers. I'll buy a cauliflower. Lovely. Bless his little turned up nose. Did he grow them in his own garden? said old Betsy, bustling up. Her rheumatism was better now. She had left Susan in the house. No, lovey, I don't want any eggs. I keep hens myself. A cauliflower and a bunch of daffodils for a bow pot, please. That will do, said Betsy. Wee, 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 replied Robinson. Here, Mrs. Perkins, come here. Look at this little pig stuck up at a stall all by himself. Well, I don't know, exclaimed Mrs. Person, pushing through the crowd, followed by two little girls. Well, I never. Are they quite newly laid, Sonny? Mm, won't go off pop and spoil my Sunday dress like the eggs Mrs. Wanadote took first prize with at five flower shows till they popped and spoiled the judge's black silk dress. Not duck eggs stained with coffee. That's another trick of flower shows. Newly laid, hmm, is that guaranteed? Only you said one is cracked. Now I'll call that real honest. It's no worse for frying. I'll have those dozen eggs and a cauliflower, please. Look, Sarah Polly, look at this silver nose ring. Sarah Polly and her little girlfriend went into fits of giggling so that Robinson blushed. He was so confused that he didn't notice that there was a lady wanting to buy his very last cauliflower till she touched him. There was nothing else left to sell but a bunch of primroses. After more giggling and some whispering, the two little girls came back and bought the primroses. They gave him a peppermint as well as the penny, which Robinson accepted, but without enthusiasm and with a preoccupied manner. The trouble was that no sooner had he parted with the bunch of primroses that he realized that he also sold Amporcus's pattern of darning wool. He wondered if he ought to ask for it back, but Mrs. Perkins and Sarah Polly and her little girlfriend had disappeared. Robinson, having sold everything, came out of the market suckling the peppermint. There were still numerous numbers of people coming in. As Robinson came out upon the steps, his basket got caught in the shawl of an elderly sheep who was pushing her way up. 
While Robinson was disentangling it, Stumpy came out. He had finished his marketing. His basket was full of heavy purchases. A responsible, trustworthy, obliging dog was Stumpy, glad to do a kindness to anybody. When Robinson asked him the way to Mr. Mumby's, Stumpy said, I am going home by Broad Street. Come with me and I will show you how to get there. Wee, wee, wee. Oh, thank you, Stumpy, said Robinson. So, guys, we're going to stop there and finish next week. We'll finish the book. But Little Pig Robinson went into the market in Stymouth, and it was crazy busy. And he had three or four different ladies coming to him wanting to buy his eggs and his cauliflower and his primrose. And he didn't know which way to look first because they were all pulling at him in the market. I want this. I want your eggs. You say your eggs are good or not. Do, do, do. Just like if you've ever been in a market like that, um, it can get a little crazy. So he got very overwhelmed. But good thing on his way out, he met with Stumpy the dog who's going to show him the way. So we will meet you back next week to finish the tale of Little Pig Robinson. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Have a great day or night. Bye.